Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, 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 and welcome to all beautiful souls out there. And you're listening to the Restore My Soul podcast. I am your host, Princess Millens, the founder and president of Blessed and Beautiful International. And my mission is to help women push through grief and burnout so that they can experience health in every aspect of life. In this space, you will hear personal stories, practical information, and expertise from myself as well as my special guests. We do not offer medical advice, but women can learn to heal by creating a mindset to grow past their grief using biblical principles. No matter if the loss is from death or divorce, there is hope for restoration. So let's push through this grief together, one episode at a time. Welcome back to Restore My Soul podcast and episode number two. In this episode, I thought that it would be great to put first things first and go back to our definition of grief from the last episode and talk about some of the ways to identify grief. I know, I know it seems like it would be obvious to see But what I personally know is that grief has many faces, and I know that it is true for you as well. We have to remember that even though we may not be the ones going through it now, there may be someone you know who seems fine, but they are struggling in silence. We will have to get into the why of that on another episode, (laughs) but today we're going to talk about some of the research behind the stages of grief. Y'all already know I'm a teacher at heart. (laughs) We're going to examine how to acknowledge our grief. And more importantly, how do we establish our personal journey of healing? As you know, from the last episode, I have personally experienced great pain and loss in life and will always find ways to share information to help others. So we're going to dive into some basics of what to know about grief and loss and find practical ways to overcome it. After all, that's the goal, right? (laughs) Let's take a look 
again at what grief is so that we can have some common language. So as I said, stated before, the definition of grief is a keen mental suffering or distress over affliction or loss. This is the definition version of what grief is. It's a sharp sorrow, it's painful regret. It also can be defined as the pain of the mind produced by loss, misfortune, injury, or evils of any kind, sorrow and regret. And then the experts at the Mayo Clinic takes it a step further by stating that grief is a strong and sometimes overwhelming emotion for people. And here's the key, regardless of where their sadness stems from, it could be the loss of a loved one, a terminal diagnosis that they or someone that they love have received. So we can experience grief when we lose a friend, when we incur loss, when we consider ourselves injured. And by sympathy and empathy, we feel grief at the misfortunes of others. So you see, we can look at grief in a way that goes well beyond experiencing the death of a person. Sometimes our view is that we only see grief occurring as a result of somebody dying. But it can come as a result of different situations like divorce and the end of some relationship or friendship. It can come as a result of sickness, especially those with terminal or sudden illness, like I stated before. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a loss of a home, loss of independence, which happens a lot for older uh, people. So as we understand what grief is, we must broaden our view of how it can occur. Oftentimes, it's hard to make sense of what's going on with us emotionally when we grieve, and it can definitely be overwhelming. So let's examine the research side of this topic using the Kubler-Ross Five Stages of Grief Cycle. And this was created in 1969, the year I was born. <laughs> but it has been modified um, modified over the years to add more elements to the cycle. And it's like a spectrum that helps us to make sense of our emotions, our behaviors, and honestly, this roller coaster ride that we experience when we suffer some type of loss. The first thing that we may experience in this cycle is shock and denial. And this is a state of disbelief and it can be paralyzing at the hearing of the bad news or experiencing uh, whatever loss it is. And sometimes you can even find yourself saying things like, I can't believe that this is happening or it feels like a dream. Maybe it's not true. And then another level is anger. And in this element, you may be lashing out and giving uh, what I call a 
frustrated outpouring of this emotion of anger, sometimes seemingly for no reason at all. And you may feel that the loss is unbearable and that you are making other people's lives harder because of your frustration with your own feelings and your needs. And the next element is bargaining. And so in this stage, you begin looking for a way out, uh, a way to counteract or reverse, if that makes sense, uh, what has happened. For example, you begin telling God or telling uh, a person that you'll do anything that they ask if only they will grant you relief from the feelings that you're having. And I personally did this almost at the onset of me getting the news uh, about my son passing away. And it left me asking God to bring him back. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but I started bargaining with God, asking him to bring him back. I asked him that I, I told him I would do anything, anything that you ask, just to bring him back. And so this cycle of grief even has you bargaining for things that you a lot of times cannot have. And then the next level of this cycle is depression. And this level is more commonly used, but it only references one part of the whole cycle. It could look like a long period of isolation and loneliness during this time that you're trying to process and reflect on the loss or even the event that led to the loss. And you can see, you know, sometimes it seems like you cannot even shake the emptiness and the sorrow that you're feeling. And then negative self-talks comes in and you begin to sink even further into your sadness. And then sometimes you start saying, I'll never be happy again. You know, I'll never uh, have another relationship again. If you're talking about a divorce, I'll never get over this loss. And then the last element of this cycle is called simply acceptance. And this is a very gradual acceptance of the new way of your life and gives you a feeling of hope and the possibility of the future. And then you're at a place of finally finding the way forward. And then you begin living again instead of just existing. Some things like pain and guilt can also be found in this process as well. And it can be found in updated models, but it is important to remember that grief is not linear. It's not a straight line. It's what I call a personalized roller coaster. It's called a cycle for a reason. And it doesn't mean that we never get out of it, but it's a guide to categorizing our emotions and our actions to articulate and make sense of what we're experiencing. Many of us, including myself, never heard of this grief cycle growing up. In many of our households, families, and communities, grief was never discussed. It really wasn't talked about. And being on the struggle side of grief for much of my life, I've never knew about the stages. This was not something that was taught to us, right? 
Matter of fact, for many of us, grief was never viewed as a journey, but just something as you just get over. And many of you are or have experienced that too. But we all know the saying that when we know better, then we do better. So we take every tool and resource that is beneficial to us to help us along the way. And I believe that the Kubler-Ross grief cycle is one of the tools that can be essential to us understanding our process of grief and at least gives us language around the very things that sometimes is hard to articulate when you're going through that pain. So we no longer have to suffer in silence. We no longer have to be ashamed to talk about it. We no, we no longer have to look at grief as this thing that eats at our soul and we're helpless to do anything about it. So let us no longer feel like we are stagnant because we don't know how to articulate our pain and this cycle that I described is not the end all be all but the good news is that it gets us started with knowing all of the things that we need and we will need to overcome our journey of healing. Hey, I recently saw a picture of the stages of wound healing. You know, when we have a wound on our body and it begins to heal. And it's amazing that our bodies are so wonderfully made. This is what I learned as I observed a picture of the wound healing stages process. Stage one is when the blood begins to clot. And the first stage to healing a wound is obviously to just stop the bleeding. So the body activates this uh, sort of emergency repair system of blood clotting. Then it goes to what we call inflammatory plot process. This is where the blood automatically knows how to clear the debris and the trash and everything that don't supposed to be around the wound from the wound and begins the repair of the tissues around the wound. And then the third phase of this wound healing process is something called proliferation. When the body begins to fill and cover the wound and new cells are formed and new blood vessels are formed. And then the last stage is maturation or the remodeling stage. And this is when the wound is completely healed. Even though you might have a scar, but the wound new tissue, it gains strength and it gains uh, flexibility. Of course, the, the length of this process is, is varies depending on the person, but the process itself is the same. The healing process is so remarkable and complex and I hope I did that justice by explaining it like that. But I mentioned this because I noticed something with the images when I looked at the pictures of each stage that I was learning about. From the first stage, being able to see the damage of and the pain on the surface as well as under the skin. 
And each phase outside of the skin or what's visible to us, it seemed to improve much faster than the inside. The picture, it actually reminded me of an iceberg and how the ice doesn't look so bad on the outside until you look at this massive iceberg under the water, right? And I realized that this is the same way that we heal in our grief. It's the beginning, you know, in the beginning, we may look bad on the outside and the inside. And then as time goes on, we may look okay on the outside, but just like that wound on our skin, we still have a long process to heal on the inside. But taking note at stage one, when the blood first begins to clot, this is exactly what we must do to get the healing process started. I know it sounds funny, but it's true. The body recognizes the state of emergency and automatically goes into response mode. Isn't that wonderful? Our response and our first response to emotional healing from grief is to acknowledge that we are grieving. Much like our bodies acknowledge that it's bleeding. And it's only until we recognize the problem and acknowledge it that we can begin to work on it. Isn't that right? In our emotional process, in our healing process, acknowledging the fact that we are grieving, in other words, we're no longer holding on to that denial stage that I talked about. It pushes us into other stages of grief but it also, it enables us to be an active participant in our process. And it's not until the bleeding starts that the body actively begins those stages of wound healing. And we have to see emotional healing in a very similar way, but it all begins with acknowledgement. Grief and loss are inevitable in life, I believe, and how we deal with it and move on from it matters. So going back to putting first things first, we must acknowledge first that we are grieving and not just the fact that we understand that we've lost something or lost someone, but actually acknowledge that we're grieving. We're all handling our grief differently, right? But we all at least have to be in this place of acknowledgement. And this is what I noticed uh, even for myself, and I know it is it will help you as well. I know it sounds simple, I know, but you know, we all have to be in that that place, just like that blood clot being formed. We cannot allow the grief stage of denial to hinder our walk with our emotional healing. Well, Princess, what does, what does that look like? Well, denial looks like when we say that we are okay, when we're really not okay. It looks like when we know something is wrong, but we don't have the, uh, the words to articulate 
to anyone else what it is or denial does not even believe that we are hurt as deeply as we think we are. So if you're still in that place of denial and don't even acknowledge that you're grieving yourself, then there's really very little that you can do to heal. And there is also very little that other people can do to help you as well. Now, I know that might sound harsh and it might sound different, but this is what I've learned uh, over the years. And you, you can't help someone that don't even acknowledge that it's the place that they're in. So all of us have to be at least in a place of acknowledging that, hey, I'm grieving. You don't have to do it to the world. You don't have to broadcast it. But being truthful with ourselves just to admit, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. But I know that I'm grieving. Someone asked me to answer the question, how do I help someone when they are grieving? And my reply was the same. There is very little to make a great impact when uh, we're in a state of denial. But what you can do is continue to support them and love on them and ask them what they need. You know, but we have to move on from living in denial to accepting that the unfortunate thing has happened. And this is the first step, I believe, toward healing from the pain. And ultimately, we face our feelings and our emotions to get better. But one thing we cannot do, we cannot keep suppressing our grief forever because it will only cause more damage in the long run. Can you imagine the issues that arise when your blood doesn't clot when you're bleeding? I can only imagine it. But I do know that many people suffer from this right now. Hemophilia. And it's hard for them to heal because of it. So just like that blood clot, we must acknowledge that our pain exists in order to heal, to get that, that inflammatory process going. <laughs> it's better to face it, though, to heal than to suppress it and then later on break down with the absence of hope or pulling yourself in a deeper depression. In your emotional healing and all of our emotional healing, we have to begin with the acknowledgement, but we move beyond that to understand that, you know, we can be okay with knowing that we can't heal alone. Even if you don't have a stellar support system, there is counseling and coaching options that can be used as support in difficult times. I know that we sometimes a lot of communities don't talk about this, but therapy is okay. And then also you have to just be continue to begin to, to gather those tools and those resources that are necessary and catered to your personal healing process. And this is going to be different for everybody, but you need what you need 
in order to heal in a healthy way. And the last thing in the process of emotional healing, I believe, is that we have to do something. We have to actually do the work that would get us to the place where we are living our lives in a better space and the joy is restored in our lives. Many events that kind of lead to grief and loss and burnout and pain and stress and struggle often make us wonder, how can I even think about ever having joy in my life again? But I can tell you it's possible. God is the one who specializes in all things that seem impossible. And I know that firsthand that I trust, I believe, and I hope in him and to make it to the other side of through. He is our source. He is our resource that lifts us and sustains us and gives us the access to what is necessary to ensure success in our healing journey. Now we have all of these stages of the grief, grief cycle. We have denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, and in some models it's more steps, but we're gonna go with these five. But more importantly, we have things to consider in our emotional healing journey. Not just thinking about the grief cycle, but how do we get out of it? What does our healing journey look like in order to have victory over our grief? And that starts with acknowledging, just being okay with, we can't do this alone, collecting all that we need to use in our personal journey, and then ultimately just to do the work that you need to be free. But the greatest of these is acknowledge because until this happens y'all the journey to healing cannot start so let the work begin let me encourage you today as you begin to acknowledge the fact that you or someone you know is grieving the good news is that this is the beginning of the healing process that will take place if you stay the course. Isaiah 43 and 19 in the New Living Translation, God says this, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. That is a great promise from God. Acknowledging where we are in the grief process, in other words, moving away from that denial stage, opens the door so that God can do something new in our healing journey and in our life. No matter what hard place you are in right now, or even someone that you know, there is a way out but we must be able to perceive it. It's hard to see at first, and it can be one of the most difficult things to face, but just know that if I can do it, you can too. Don't worry about the wilderness. 
God already made the pathway and the rivers to overflow in your life to restore your soul. Now you have taken the first step. I pray that God continues to give you the strength that you need to continue this journey and also prepare your heart for the new thing he is about to do in Jesus' name. Well, wow, we're at the end of another episode. (laughs) I hope that you found value in knowing that you must acknowledge where you are so that you can move forward in your journey or at least know that we all have to move from that denial stage to begin the journey. For more content like this and live conversation, be sure to join my Facebook group, the Bounce Back Community. Remember that our individual grief journeys are like snowflakes. We are all different, but one thing for sure, we don't have to do it alone. So let's do it, my friend one day at a time. Let's go. We've reached the end of this episode of the Restore My Soul podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in with me every Friday and be sure to continue to share this podcast with others. Also, you can connect with us on our website at blessedandbeautifulinternational.com to sign up for our newsletter and to receive some free resources. This is your host, Princess Millens, and I will meet you in the next episode. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.